You are now listening to Grinding True Crime Podcast with your host, Maddie Matt, Todd Fox, and Gabby Gap. Police have identified more victims and plan on more than just the four murder charges filed today. Confirm earlier reports of cannibalism. The building was a scene of ghoulish slaughter. A large kettle on the stove which held boiled body parts. Identified more victims and killed even more. Plan on more than just the four murder charges filed today. Had sex with some of his victims before he killed them. And that he was also a necrophiliac. <laughs> Hey, hey, welcome to another episode of the Grinding Tree Time Podcast with your host, Maddie Matt, along with Todd Fox. And today, now ready, will be Todd Fox. Of course, you will. <laughs> <laughs> um, unfortunately, Gabby Gab won't be with us once again. She's still dealing with her ailment, uh, along with uh, the vertical symptoms. Now, she may have possibly got COVID. So, we want you guys to. Uh, wish Gabby Gab a speedy recovery. Hopefully, she'll be back soon for our live show. Um, uh, so, wish Gabby Gab a speedy recovery, everyone. Babe, I hope you feel better. With all that being said, let's bring in the introduction, shall we? You can find us on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube. Just type in Grinding True Crimes, and there you can follow our page. Like our page, leave a comment on our page, and subscribe to our YouTube page as well. Also, if you want to listen to us on your uh, podcast streams, just go to uh, Podbean, Spotify, Anchor, iTunes, Pandora, and Podvine. And if you are outside of the U.S., continue to listen to us on Radio Public, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Podchaser. Um, if you like what you hear and you would like to leave a Cash App donation, you can always go to Cash App and just type in uh, dollar sign grinding true crimes. Or if you want to own PayPal, just type in grinding true crimes. Okay. With all that being said, last thing I forgot, we are going to go live uh, this Sunday at 9 a.m. Pacific time. Correct, Todd Fox? Correct. That will be 9 a.m. Pacific time. We'd usually use that time because I know a lot of the uh, listeners are out in the UK and other countries and their time zones are different. So 9 o'clock a.m. our time is kind of uh, flexible for majority of our fans. So um, just so that you guys are aware, if you want to join in and just leave a comment or co- uh, communicate with us uh, via uh, Podbean only, you can uh, join us at 9 a.m. Pacific time exclusively only on Podbean. Yeah, and if you want to check out some other shows on YouTube, please like and subscribe over there. Subscribe, please, over there at the uh, uh, YouTube under Grinding True Crime. Yes, correct. Okay, we got the introduction all out of the way. So let's break down our another story for this week. Top Fox, you have the floor. All right, thanks, Maddie. Matt, well, you know, we've done a, quite a few uh, California. Um, you know, cases. <clears throat> and it's funny because these next, this one and the one I have after, which probably be after Gabby's story um, is going to involve California. Then I'm, 
I promise you, I will move out of the out of the state of California. <laughs> We're gonna go you out love of the Cali. Yeah, I mean, there's there's just literally so many cases to talk about in the state of California, and there's a few big ones we haven't even touched on. But this uh this one will be called the Vampire of Sacramento. Ooh, yeah. Um, to give you an idea of the story tonight, uh, do you like smoothies, Matt? Um. To be honest with you, I'm not really a dairy guy unless it's cheese. Really? So okay. to answer your question, not really. But if you had, to, <laughs> but, but if you had to drink a smoothie, what kind would it be? Would it be like a fruity one, chocolate one? More likely a chocolate one. Okay, because uh, have you ever wanted a blood and gut smoothie? Hey, bro. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying that's that's where the story's going tonight. So are you? Wait, 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 wait. Are you telling me that's? that's what this person did i'm giving away a little spoiler right there that's a little (laughs) oh my god yeah we're gonna we're gonna get into some stuff here man so if you're a little (sighs) grossed out gory this one's for you if uh if if you if you don't like the uh the goriness uh well you may want to skip this episode listeners discretion is advised strongly advised in this one oh lord let's get into it let's do it this comes right out of a horror story um, uh, so that should give you kind of an idea what we're going to talk about tonight. Our focus will be on one Richard Chase, Richard, Richard Chase. Chase. Yeah. Otherwise known as the vampire of Sacramento. Uh, but first real quick, Sacramento is the state capital of California. If you ask the TikTok, Snapchat kids of today, they'll think if you ask them, what's the uh, state capital of California, they'll say San Francisco or Los Angeles. Easily. Uh, yeah. They, they don't understand <laughs> that Sacramento is the capital. Uh, well, we could thank Shaq for that too. Yeah, and we could we could probably thank a lot of things for uh you know for for the dumbness of our schools in our country today. So go USA, USA. Um, Let's do it. <laughs> but, but the state capital is not like most of these cities that I mentioned before. It's the only sixth or seventh largest uh, uh, city in all of California. It's boasting only six hundred thousand residents. Um, so for the state capital only have 600,000 residents compared to like a city of Los Angeles, which has over seven or 8 million people, um, mm. pretty small. Um, so also, uh, this is, this is going to be in the area around the Sacramento suburbs. So it's, it's an interesting time too, because the, the time periods that this stuff takes place is right in the heart of the story that me and you and Gabby already talked about and did a six-part series on, which was the Golden State Killer, East Area Rapist. This is going on around that same damn time in Sacramento. Dang. So, Are you serious? Yeah, this is the third story that we've mentioned that took place in that very feared, heightened, you know, where people were buying dogs and getting alarm systems and buying guns because they were so freaked out about the rapist. This was Richard chose to do his atrocities around the same time. So, Richard was born May 23rd, 1950. Um, Now, compared to other serial killers that we've covered, Richard grew up somewhat in a normal house. The only thing that he had to deal with at the time was, uh, you know, real strict parents. And, you know, sort of like how me and you grew up, if if you acted up, you got the belt. Sure did. Yeah, so that's how he grew up. (laughs) Go ahead. No, 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 I didn't. No, I was just saying, sure did. We... We got that belt religiously. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> we had the Jesus whipped in us. Uh, 
So, um, so yeah, this this kid didn't really show many signs until about the age of around thirteen or so. Um, he began to kill cats and small rodents. That'll do it. Yeah, yeah, that is a staple of most serial killers. Now, I've seen in other comments of other of either our page or other pages that we support, and uh, whenever the serial killer stuff comes up. You know, some people are like, well, hey, I used to torture animals or I used to uh, fool with animals or, or, or bugs, kill bugs and stuff like that. Am I a serial killer? It's like, well, are you? <laughs> we don't know. Are you confessing? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, now, but this uh, this this kid was a little different, too, because he was also like one of the other cases we did where the kid would open him up just to see what makes him tick. Sort of like Jeffrey Dahmer. I was about to say Dahmer did that. Yeah. Um, so this, he was about the same thing. Um, but, uh, he, he was a little bit more weird. Um, he would on one occasion when he was 14, kill a cat. And then as he's sort of messing around with its organs, he kind of like touches the blood, you know, like, or, or, or one of the organs and or not touches the blood, but he has blood all over his hands and he puts it to his mouth and tastes it for the first time. Well, That'll do it. It didn't really bother him too much. Ooh. Yeah. I ain't gonna lie. You know, when you get a scab on your arm or, you know, a scab on your hand, you might peel it and, you know, lick your... You know, I, I did that a couple of times. Mm-hmm. But never did I, like, you know, if uh, I killed a rat or anything like that, wanted to see if what their insides taste like. Heck no. Oh, I know. I mean, because most of the time, I mean, if you cut yourself and you're just trying to, like, you know, get the blood with your mouth because it don't spill nowhere. Or you're trying to get it to stop or whatever. You kind of lick your wound like an animal. Mm-hmm. It's not too appetizing. You're not sitting there like, oh boy, I want some more of that. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so let's move into 1966. He's a sophomore in high school. And mm-hmm. if you look at his high school pictures, he's in on the basketball team. He's kind of tall, lengthy. He looks like any american white kid in the 1960s you know he's he's growing the longer hair you know because they're getting away from the 1950s Mm. you know strict and everything crew cut kind of haircuts now it's sort of like your your hippie rock kind of you know beatles type of hairstyles Mm -hmm. and he's got like the you know the peach fuzz on the on the face and he's probably talking like this because he's going (laughs) through the heart of puberty um, but he starts to mess with pot and, oh, Lord. Uh, and weed. And back in the day, you know, freaking uh, hippie days, flower power um, around the peace and love time of Woodstock. I've had this discussion with a few of my friends and, and some of my dad's friends. They tend to think that the, the marijuana back then was a lot stronger, a lot more potent, you know, depending, mm-hmm. on, depending on who grew it. Or it could have been laced, you know, but mm-hmm. for the most part, they thought they think marijuana is more pure. Like now you could doctor marijuana to be either for sleep, you know, to help you sleep more. You could have it for anxiety. You can have it just to have a trip. I mean, there's all different kinds of marijuana that they grow now. They, like, but back then it was just like, Hey, weeds, weed, you know, <laughs> and how your body reacts to it is how your body reacts to it. You're either paranoid, uh, negative, you're chill or, you know, like, you're just like, Oh dude, you know, like <laughs> enjoying the trip. That's that. That's that mellow high. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, he's he's uh he's getting into weed and he's getting into it more than you know like recreationally. Like he's smoking it like all the time. 
And if you're smoking it like Cheech and Chong back in the day, <clears throat> chances are weed's not going to, you know, the, the more and more you smoke it, your tolerance goes up and up and up and up. And eventually you're going to want something stronger, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah. So he, um, what do you think he gets into? Because remember, they call marijuana or weed, you know, the gateway drug. Okay. So we talking, this is the 60s, mm-hmm. free left. I'm going to say he's getting into some uh, shrooms or some uh, PCP or maybe some crack cocaine. But he had it right the first time. He went, he got into shrooms, which is LSD. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he, he had it in the, in the, the, the purest forms of powder. Mm. Yeah, so he would he would uh get himself into LSD and uh boy that is one of the most hallucinic drugs out there. Make it seem like you've fallen from the heavens itself. <laughs> yeah, I mean this this guy was you know, he was on a serious acid trip, you know, he was like, Shaw dude, like oh my god, like the palm trees are like melting in front of me. And like I hear Beethoven music like in the background, dude. <laughs> hey, I'm not gonna go and go into detail of my past, but I, I I've done that one time. Never again. <laughs> Never again. Let's just say that. <laughs> so, bro, Matt, like I'm like chasing a dragon, <laughs> but I can't catch it. Like I keep reaching, and it keeps going further. That dragon <laughs> probably. <laughs> It's spinning in his head. Oh yeah, yeah. There's like nothing there. He's probably talking nothing to the rock. You know, it's like not to be laughing at somebody that's obviously high on a, you know, a PCP or anything like that, mm-hmm. LSD. But it's the funniest thing to see someone hallucinating when there's absolutely no one there or nothing there. It's it's not funny because they really, you know, it could be dangerous. But it's funny when things are like. I wouldn't say normal, but like they're 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 safe. You yeah. know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. When there's nothing going on and they're just talking to a wall, you're like, exactly. That's what I'm talking about. Now, if they're trying to hurt somebody or they see a, a zombie or something, they try to kill somebody. Because I've seen a lot of uh, murders happen that way, where people thought like their loved one was a zombie and they end up shooting them. You yeah, know? yeah, that could really happen. But when they're like trippy like that, like dude, I see. Oh man. The whole world is spinning, and he sound like Keanu Reeves. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, some some people will be like, "Oh my God, the devil's right there! I gotta kill him!" And it's like his roommate. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, we've heard very dangerous like stuff. Oh yeah. Um. So here's another problem with a Matt. Like he <clears throat> he's having issues sexually because he's in a, he's like a teenager right now. Now whether it was due to the LSD or the weed. Um, he just had he had troubles even pleasuring himself. He, um, yeah, he was having a hard time. No pun intended. No pun intended. He was not having a hard time. <laughs> Either way you want to put it, he couldn't. I don't get really want to put it. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> either way he put it, he couldn't get it up. But um, mm-hmm. now either due to the delusions from the 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 drugs, because sometimes it could be that way, or he just literally had a problem. Unfortunately, at that age. Um, he could not get blood flow to his penis. That that was his theory. He's like, okay, you know, this blood is not flowing correctly to my penis. I have a blood problem. Mm-hmm. And so with that in his mindset, whether the drugs took over mm-hmm. or not, um, 
he's like, I want to be aroused. I like females, but I can't get it there. And uh, he's like, I need to get more blood to my wang. Mm, and I see uh, where this is going. Yeah. <clears throat> and these thoughts uh, kept pushing him through high school. And he was not able to have a normal relationship. He was still killing animals at this time. and But he wasn't exactly trying the blood yet. Um, he began to have more hallucinations though due to the drug like he was picturing blood seeping out of his pores he was he was like even when he wasn't on the drug like he was still having hallucinations or he hadn't done the drugs in hours whether it was a carryover or not he was having hallucinations of spikes coming through his skull like and and body parts from the inside trying to leave his body yeah so (laughs) He, let's just say he was pretty much to himself. You know, he wasn't Oof. the kind of kid that you were looking to hang out with because he was probably like, "Do you see, dude? Do you see the spikes coming through my head? Like, <laughs> trying to keep the brain inside my scalp, yo." You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you're like, what? Yeah, he was really gone. Yeah, this wasn't the kid we saw in that picture. You know, in high school and, and when he was a sophomore, he's now a beatnik. He's got the long hair, uh, the goatee, and he's just a beatnik. Yeah, he doesn't look. Uh, yeah, look that word up if you don't know what that means. Beatnik. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, he started to have these severe migraines, and um, he he decided now that the time was now he needed blood, and um, well, this is where he starts his issues. Um, he starts killing dogs, cats, rats, uh, anything he can get his hands on that you know that had blood where he would either chop the heads off. He would drink the heads from the body or you know, drink the blood from the body mm-hmm. or he would cut them open and sort of like just shove his face in there like a freaking uh, pig and, and just grovel at the blood surrounding the organs. Like I'm telling what you, this the heck? or he, what he did is because he had been messing with shrooms and other kind of hallucinated drugs. He would use the, sur- the syringes to suck up the blood and he would inject it into his body. What? Yeah. And if that wasn't enough, his mom came home one day and he had a cat that he walked in the house with that had been gutted and uh, he put it on the dinner table, pulled out some intestines and whether it was the heart or, or the liver, she couldn't tell. He put it in a blender, in her blender, and pretty much made a smoothie out of it and drank it right in front of her. Yo. hmm Yo. Yeah. That's nasty. And then he proceeded to drink, you know, the, the guts and the stuff that wasn't floating on top out of the blender in a straw. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I um, have a hard time eating chitlins. That's gross. <laughs> yeah, this isn't the. I mean, this isn't like you're sucking out of a. You know what is it? What the one of those shakes in a glass cup you get at a fancy restaurant, and you're like, you know, you're sucking the ice cream through the top. It's making this the the noises through the straw. Yeah, yeah, he's probably doing that, but it's like guts, you know, and it's probably warm. It's not. It's not like he put it on ice cream. Oh, you're describing it, man. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> there might be hair oh. up in there. 
Who knows? Oh. So uh, she does the responsible thing and commits him into a mental hospital. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> not the mental hospital. I'm picturing the one from like uh, Ace Ventura, you know, when he's in like the two oh, got the hair and uh, really no one's paying attention to him as he's going through the backyard of the facility. Mm-hmm. It's this. I think it's the same thing because at this facility, he's able at, around lunchtime to just willy nilly around the trees and around the, the the hangout areas, and he's still he's killing animals in front of other staffers and other patients, and he'll just twist the heads off and just start drinking from them, and it hor- it horrified the patients because some of those patients are whacked out on drugs as it is. You know, they're trying to keep them you know, calm and everything. And then, you know, mm-hmm. some guy probably rocking in a wheelchair thinking that he's like, um, what is it? Mussolini reincarnated, but, but he's like, Oh my God, look at that guy drinking the bird. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's like, give me more pills. He's <laughs> freaking out, you know? Oh man. And so the staffers and the freaking, uh, the people there were calling him, were, were calling him Dracula. The, you know, the Ooh. patients and the staffers were just like wh- horrified. And uh, how long do you think he stayed at that uh, mental hospital? Uh, I'm going to say he stayed probably a month and it wasn't on good behavior. <laughs> well, he stayed six months. Only. Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, it's not like he made this dramatic change and he was then the doctor's like, you know what, son? You stop drinking the blood. Uh, you look good. Uh, you're not talking to yourself. You're not talking about UFOs. You're fine. You're free to go. And then they just stamp sane on his forehead. No, he was still doing all the same crap. <laughs> and they just were like, they just got tired of him. Yeah, they're all, you're good to go. <laughs> That's cold. Yeah. And then, you know, he was like, I want to suck your blood. And they're all like, yeah, go for it, man. Just, just somewhere else. <laughs> I mean, if you got somebody you know, clearly it's not mentally sane to be in society, that you should be held responsible for that. I'm sorry. Yep. And part of his parents' divorce when he came back home was because of his odd-ass behavior. Like, they couldn't mm. take it. He was coming in and out. This guy didn't have a job. Um, you know, he was doing drugs, stealing stuff to, to feed his habit still doing the blood stuff they had to take him to the hospital a couple times because maybe ingesting the blood took a longer time to get to his liver and hurt his body the the foreign blood but Mm -hmm. when he would inject it into himself almost immediately or or within 24 hours he would get a blood um blood poisoning and at, at whatever level and they'd have to go in there and fill him full of fluids and try to flush his system out and all this stuff. So he was in and out of the hospital or the urgent care and stuff like that because he kept tainting his body with this stuff. And for some reason he kept recouping afterwards, you know, cause usually uh, that'll take a toll on your body at some point. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, let's fast forward, you know, like, cause he was in that facility around 20 years old. Um, you know, a few years go by, he's living at home with his mom, you know, he's going back and forth, uh, between his mom and his dad's house, but mostly living with his mom, um, doing oddball jobs. If he did keep a job, um, he got him, you know, for some reason he had a license and he was driving. Mm -hmm. And, uh, do you know where the pyramid Lake area is? 
Pyramid Lake. Yes. In the, uh, Northern California, right? Yeah, it's a well, it's a little, it's it's sort of Central California. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's basically this this huge pyramid shaped rock. I mean, it looks like the the Egyptians had carved it out right in the middle of this lake, and then it's got a beautiful lake around it like a national forest or like not a forest, but like a recreation area, all real mm-hmm. nice park. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so it's 1976 uh, and he's about 27 years old at this time. Going to be 28. And um, the park ranger comes upon a pickup truck, a beat up pickup truck. Okay. And there's a barrel in the back of the truck and it is bloody beyond recognition. The back, the back of the, the, trailer of the truck or, or the what's it called the bed mm. is, is full of blood mm. and right away the park ranger calls the police the police come in there about 10 minutes later and they're like oh my god this this could be a homicide like did someone kill somebody and they're they're dumping the body because no one's around the truck mm-hmm. so police call in more backup they they start searching the entire area there's a lookout rock by one of the um uh the viewing points of pyramid lake and as they go over there, they see a man up there, skinny, skinny man, mm. long hair, beard. And it's our boy, Richard. And Richard is naked and covered in head to toe in blood and guts. Ooh. Yeah. So he was promptly arrested. You know, they put him at gunpoint. They're like, where's the body? Where's the body? And they're trying to interrogate him. He's like, I didn't do it. And they're like, what do you mean you didn't do it? Come with me. And they find, you know, a half-eaten piece of liver and they find some more guts in the barrel Ugh. and so he's he's detained for a good five days and um they're they they start testing the the body parts and the the blood mm-hmm. and, they, and they realized it was a cow oh wow yeah he drove some 200 miles from his home in sacramento south got to the pyramid lake area surrounding areas had like farming areas Mm. and he just went into a field at night and freaking slaughtered a cow drained it of all its blood somehow getting it into a barrel and (laughs) stole organs and then he literally jumped in the back of that truck in the barrel bathed in it then walked naked about a good 500 yards from the truck to that rock area and was just sitting in the sun letting that blood go what he thought into his body back into his body how did he get how was he able to get the cow to carry (laughs) well he he, i don't know how he got the barrel into that person's yard or or into the pasture i i don't no idea because he, he he got the barrel out of there full of blood I mean, it was a it was a large enough barrel for him to to literally jump in and bathe in. Jesus. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know if that was superhuman streak due due to the drugs or. Gotta be. Yeah. So, um, you know, at this at this bit at this time, he was released back to his mom. And uh, what do you think he did as soon as he came home? Uh, I'm gonna say he slaughtered like a, a an animal, and drink it or something drink its blood bingo he came home and it was like oh, thanks mom for bailing me out that was a trip right you know they didn't even find me you know or no i gotta talk to him he, he talked like him he was like dude they didn't even freaking give me a ticket bro 
And she's like, I'm not your bro, I'm your mom. <clears throat> yeah, whatever, bro. So, like, I got all this blood back flowing into my body because it's, like, seeping out. You know, I got to keep my insides in, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, you just go to your room. He's like, hold on, let me blend up this dog uh, uh, body parts here with some blood. Maybe some yeah. cat urine, too. It's going to taste great, man. You want some? Uh, he blended his own dog? He blended a dog, not his own oh, dog. Oh, a dog. Oh, okay. Yeah. A dog. So um, he's all, this is not a hot dog. This is a smoothie. Yeah. This guy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, <laughs> he's all, I call this one Skipper. <laughs> so he had one of those smoothies and um, he drank it right in front of her again. And then that's gross. And instead of locking this dude up, I mean, the whole cow incident, all this stuff. She's just like, all right. And she goes and turns on the TV. <laughs> we haven't heard that in a while. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, um, she, yeah, she just turned a blind eye to it, dude. She was just, she had enough. And um, unfortunately, because of her actions, we have a date. Oh, man. Yeah. And you know what we do when we have a date on here? Somebody dies. Someone didn't make it. And here's the thing that I have a problem with this one, too, because... What do you think his first... How do you think he killed his first person? Because this one was completely weird. This one caught me off guard, too. Uh, I'm going to say... He probably strangled them. No, I mean, that would have made sense. So check this out. It's two days before New Year's. And it's it's 19, it's uh, 1977, December 29th. In the eastern part of Sacramento, a fifty-one-year-old okay. Ambrose Griffin had been had just went to the store with his wife. Um, he comes back, uh, made his way to uh, uh, into the house with the first round of groceries. The, the trunk is open on the car. His wife comes in with some groceries as she's getting ready to put him on the table. He's like, "Let me go back and get the rest." He goes back to get the rest, and his wife is like. What's taking Ambrose so long? You know, five minutes go by. She goes out there. He's on the ground. And so and and it looks like he's clutching his chest. So she calls 911, you know, if if, or or the police department. I don't know if they had 911 back then, but uh, she she calls the fire department, police department. They -hmm. come out there and automatically they, they realize, you know, he's passed away. And as one of the medics goes to kind of turn him on his side. He has two bullet holes in his back. Oh. Yeah. He had been shot with a 22 caliber gun. And What? Yeah, and the police were like drive-by shooting, you know, in this neighborhood. And that's exactly what it was and they and they were like there's no gang activity over here, you know, um Yeah. And and they they started looking into his hit, you know, they looked at the wife because they're like, did she have an insurance uh, insurance policy on this guy? None mm-hmm. of the this was in the middle of the day. None of the neighbors saw anything. Um, they didn't hear anything. And, you know, the guy had a squeaky clean resume, not even a parking ticket in his past. And, and everybody liked him. He was a father of two. And uh, they were like, who would kill this guy? And then they were thinking, maybe it's a thrill kill. You know what I mean? Like someone yeah. randomly shooting. And uh, so that case went cold as ice almost immediately. They had they had nothing to go on. Dang. But it was our boy, Richard Chase. 
So he just randomly just decided to shoot this guy. Yeah, he drove by and 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 shot. And, and so when the police, the only thing they had to go on was that it was a blue car that someone had saw in the neighborhood, but it didn't materialize. And the surrounding areas, there had been uh, random gunshots in the prior few days, but it didn't hit anybody. That's all mm-hmm. they knew. And again, I'll reiterate, this was around the same time you had the Golden State Killer, which was the East Area Rapist at the time, sneaking mm. into people's out homes. Um, he shot at the cops. I mean, there was all kinds of un, you know incredible stuff. So you already had the FBI out there mm-hmm. trying to catch this dude. You had the every police agency was on their heels for two years, you know, in that area. He, he terrorized those neighborhoods. Two years. So um, people were um you know just on their on their on the on the edge already mm-hmm. scared you know they were hearing, hearing helicopters women were getting raped at unbelievable uh, amounts if you haven't heard it go back to the um the uh, case that we did on the golden state killer absolutely <clears throat> um so after this though he was in the uh he was in an area uh he went to this woman's house where he thought they were home and he would not Richard had this thing in his head where if the doors were unlocked it was basically the people telling him to come in if the doors were locked he he wouldn't enter it wasn't it wasn't meant to be hmm. so he snuck in this person's house thinking that the family was home but they weren't thank god so what do you think he did because they weren't there <sighs> I'm going to say he did something freakish, like just went in their refrigerator, started eating their food, and just made himself home. Okay, so <clears throat> he did do that. He ate some of their food, and uh, he was like, well, <clears throat> that drawer of clothes looks cool. I think I'm going to piss in it. So he pissed in a, a, <laughs> Wait, a drawer full of clothes. He pissed in a drawer full of clothes? Yeah, he did. The and, then, uh, and then he walked in. He's like, whoa, that little girl's bed looks so cool. I think I'm going to take a dump on it. And he took yeah. a huge dump on the kid's bed. Yo, that's gross, man. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, that, that's disrespectful. That's very disrespectful. I'm trying to tell you right now. <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying, man. That's this, very disrespectful. <laughs> this case is a little out there, man. I'm so... <laughs> So, um, so yeah, you have, you know, this behavior is getting, you know, worse and, you know, it's, it's, it's graduating and, um, you know, this is now the night, you know, it's now turned into 1978. It's January 21st. So we have another date, unfortunately. Oh man. Yeah. Is it a random shooting again? No, this one, this one again, listener discretion is advised on the next two. Um, so January 21st, 1978, um, he finds a, uh, a single woman and, uh, her, her two kids that night tries to break in, uh, or not break in, but open the door. The door opens a little bit, but he's chased out as, uh, he tried to sneak up on her and, um, she screams and a neighbor comes to rescue. They see like a tall, slender white man. Uh, run away and so he gets away and uh, the, the cops were called but uh, you know thank god <clears throat> the, the, the kids weren't harmed she wasn't harmed 
uh, but he fled and was not caught. Uh, was not uh, caught. Mm. Um, so later, uh, just you know, so that that's actually one you know one where he he didn't uh, do any wrong. Here's where you got to fast forward if you don't don't like it. It's uh, two days later, January twenty third, nineteen seventy eight. He enters the home of Teresa Wallen. Her her door was unfortunately left open. Aww. So he snuck up on her, and I don't know um, exactly if he he shot her from behind. But later on, the detectives would see the look on her face so she most likely saw or at least spun around and was still alive saw her killer before she died uh he shot her in the head Ugh. and she dropped to the ground and um you would you would have hoped that was it but unfortunately he began to rape her multiple times now this is a guy mm-hmm. who who had trouble with a erectile that's disease. What that's what I'm going to say. He got ED. How, how'd that happen? Well, I think what he would later state, the blood flow that he was ingesting was helping him in that category. Mm-hmm. And then doing sickening stuff like that, whether it was high or just his mental state, because they could never figure if he was high or not. A lot of people theorize that he wasn't. And that was just him and his insane character, especially after they were able to interview him. But he was able to keep it up because of that was like turning him on beyond belief. Mm-hmm. Didn't we do another case with someone was that Richard Ramirez would get turned on with the killings? Correct. Yeah. Very much into the necrophiliac stuff. Mm-hmm. So he would rape her. And then here's where it gets worse <clears throat> again. It's more? Yeah. So not only did he have sex with a corpse, he cut off her nipple and ate it. What the? Yeah. What? He ate it. Then he took a butcher's knife and cut a Y formation from her pubic area to the lower area of her rib cage where it started. What the? He then began to move her intestines around and began to take a, um, he opened up a yogurt cup from the kitchen, mm-hmm. emptied out the yogurt and began scooping blood out of her open stomach and ingesting it. Yo. Yeah. This guy and is nasty. He also took out uh, the gallbladder or different kinds of um, in. Uh, organs. What the? What the and, heck? And he seemed to have stopped, unfortunately, <clears throat> when he found the fetus of a three-month-old in her in her stomach. Oh, yeah. Are you? She was pregnant. Dang. Yep. And um, he was not done. So there was blood smears all over the front room, the carpet. She was bleeding out the head. Um, what the crap? He went to the backyard where she had a barking dog and he scooped up uh, feces and then he came back to the body and shoved it down her throat. Oh, come on. Yeah. Are you serious? Mm hmm. Oh, man. Yeah. So 
keep in mind at the same time, police are investigating cases of <clears throat> rape, you know, and, and couples being tied up and threatened. What the heck, man? And you got this guy now. This is completely separate. That's gross. That that that's nasty. Yeah. Um veterans and rookies that came in there to take a look at the the um crime scene uh were visibly shaken and visibly sick you know they were throwing up um uh they couldn't believe what they had seen they thought they had seen it all but none of them had seen anything like this and, I, I believe it yeah so they did the responsible thing collecting sperm um they noticed that there was no fingerprints so that possibly the perpetrator had gloves. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they couldn't believe she had the feces in her throat. That's um, gross. Yeah. And the killer had to- to- uh, sort of taunted the police by putting the case casing, the 22 caliber casing nice and neat in the mailbox. Mm. So he, and then he also did like a little smiley face on the, uh, with the blood. So he's enjoy. Obviously, he's enjoying this, but he's just toying with them now. Yes. Yeah. So, um, what the heck? These guys were like, "This guy needs to be caught at all costs." So they did. Heck they, yeah. Yeah. Th- this hit the news the next day. So you had again all that serial killer, or the um, you had the Golden State Killer, which was the East Area Rapist, in the news constantly, and then you had people waking up to this psychopath the next morning. So people were just freaked out in Sacramento um, so um, you know this this was this was not uh, you know now they're thinking they're, they have like this killer that's feasting on their, their their neighbors and you know now everyone's on edge they're bringing they start a task force right away they're like okay we got we got to nail this guy because now this guy's worse than the freaking East Area rapist you know this 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 guy's you know the rapist is least threatening to kill people he hadn't outright killed I, or i think he did at that point he killed one person yeah. uh, or two or a couple but uh but this but he had shot him you know mm. this guy this guy's literally cannibalizing these people Ugh. or at least the girl you know so um just 4 days later we have another date dang yeah, January 27th, 1978, on a quiet afternoon, the police would receive a phone call that three more bodies were found at a residence. Three? Yeah, at a residence on Marywood Drive. <clears throat> so, um, what it was was a friend of the uh, woman, or the, uh, the the woman that lived there, her her kid had a neighborhood friend that asked for him to come out and play but he knocked mm-hmm. on the door nobody answered um he he found it kind of weird that the door was open uh he didn't enter thankfully but he called his mom his mom came over and they found a bloody scene right away so they called the police mm-hmm. the police would arrive and find danny meredith shot in the back of the head execution style in the hallway from the front door leading into the kitchen Dang. As they entered the room and as they were clearing the house, they found blood marks and streak marks everywhere. They went into 38-year-old Evelyn Meredith, uh, her room, and they found her on the bed. And to their 
dismay and their just amazement about being freaked out so bad. She was lying on her back with her stomach cut in the same exact way as Teresa was just four days earlier. (sighs) Yeah, her organs were removed and her intestines were hanging out with bite marks all around her body and on her intestines and a sizable amount of blood had been removed from her body. Man, this guy. Yeah. And she had been sodomized with uh, male DNA around her mouth. What the? Yeah. This man is sick. Now, the worst part of this, or one of the worst parts about this is just seeing her body like that initially without being able to see all the stuff that I just described to their horror. They look on the other side of the bed where the nightstand was or little, you know, uh, little side table to the bed is where, you know, you have your like lamp or whatever. Mm-hmm. Her six year old son was lying in the fetal <laughs> position shot in the head. No. Yep. Six year old son shot in the head. Um, what the heck, man? Yeah, that was brutal. Um, so they go into the, to clear the rest of the house. They go in the bathroom, and there's blood all over the the mirror, uh, the toilet, and the bathtub is filled with blood. So either he scooped it out, bathed himself in there before he left, um, <clears throat> but it was filled with blood. Oh God. Yeah. Hey man, I know this is old, but gosh, I hope he got it. <laughs> oh, I just hope he got it. If we, if we get to the end of the story, and hey, man, I hope he gets it. Yeah, I'm you, just saying. You want to kill him slowly right now, don't you? Bro, I want to go back in time just to kill him, man. That's how bad I want. Oh God, man. Yep. Yep. Why? Yeah, I mean he he just went brutal on these people. So, so police are, police are there and they're, they're interrogating the, the, the neighbors and trying to figure out if anyone saw something. The only thing that a couple neighbors saw is they, the guy had jumped through their yard and into the alleyway afterwards. It was a white man. He was, he had blood on him and he was running barefoot and, um, yeah, nobody, nobody around the other surrounding neighborhoods when they went down to where they figured he ran down the blocks and things like that. No one saw him after that. And so they're like, dang, you know, this, this guy just went in here and did this crazy stuff. And then someone came to the house and it was uh, a family member. And they're like, how many people are dead in this side? And they're, they're freaking out. And they're like three. They're like, there was four. And they're like, what do you mean there was four? And the police were like, she was babysitting my son, which is her nephew, David Fiera, he was only 22 months old. Mm. And he's missing. The cops can't find him. He's not in the what? house. What? Yeah, he's not in the house. Don't tell me he took him. He took him. Oh. So right now, automatically, the neighborhood gets together and they start going through the, you know, the parks and whatever. And they're looking for this kid and everyone's on the loose. So. Now it's turning to I'm already into- pissed off, bro. I, I, I'm I'm shaking right now, bro. I'm I'm pissed. Yep. And it, it now it's turning into a huge huge thing. The FBI who was assisting other cases like the East Area Rapist has now jumped in on this now too because now you have a missing child. It's kidnapping. Oh, 
Mando. And so the only description that they have of him, again, is a tall white guy, uh, brownish, blondish hair, or, or seemingly black, whatever. Uh, he's got the mustache and the goatee. They're getting an artist rendition. You know, it, they're sh- flashing it on the news. Unfortunately, this is the last days of the hippie time, you know, before it hits 1980 and people really start dressing weird. Um, there's a lot of those type of people walking around up there. So it's hard to, you know, there's still the hippie look is still in fashion. So it's not like they're, they could just, you know, single them out. Mm-hmm. Really can't. So that, that picture of the artist rendition the next day hits the, hits the news, hits the newspapers. And one of Richard's former schoolmates goes to the local police station in Sacramento and says, Hey, I got to talk to you. I think I might know who this is, or he looks, you know, rather uh, similar. Mm-hmm. So she goes to the police and she says on the 23rd, which is when he killed Teresa, that um, she was at a local town and country in, uh, in Sacramento. It's, I think it's sort of like a restaurant. I may be mistaken, mm-hmm. um, but, uh, or a store. Um, she was coming out of there and he walks up to her and she vaguely remembers him from high school. Cause it's a, it's been about like 10 years mm-hmm. and he asked her, Hey, do you, and just randomly like, Hey dude, like, uh, do you remember that kid that died in high school that we went to, to school with? And then she's like, no. And then she's like, Richard. And then he's like, yeah, it's Richard chase. And then like, he just looked at her. She said with a very empty, weird look and he appeared to either have mud or dry blood on him so she she got freaked out got in her car locked the 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 windows and the doors and she just took off like she 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 even forgot her stuff she was like oh screw this she was and she was like i'm gone yeah don't blame her (laughs) yeah so she was freaked out and she remembered that like she's like at first i just thought it was something that happened and um you know i didn't think too much of it but she's like i saw his picture on the on the news i'm like i had to call you know and talk to you guys Mm -hmm. so after she talked to him the police went and did their deal due diligence because there was no johnson's in this case the cops were really good sweet yeah they they went and they they started looking up richard chase and they realized okay he was arrested at pyramid lake uh he he had been in psychiatric wards several times uh, been you know in and out of you know gotten tickets or went to petty uh, to jail for drug use and and did it say anything about him eating the animals in the institution? They did find that out as well. They found it out. So they they uh, you know they were they were processing this dude fast. They were looking into his past. They saw that he had some weird crap in his in his background. So they were like, mm. oh, this has got to be it. You know, good. So um, they one of the lead detectives on the case and the FBI agent, one of the lead detectives, he had been a bit of a veteran on the case. And he was like, uh, he was quoted as saying, um, if we find this guy, he goes, I'm going to, and he has that kid. I'm going to shoot that bastard and ask questions later. He goes, and hey, it, he's like, my time be, a guy. yeah, he's like, it'll be a justified kill. He's like, I, I will open fire. And so, um, some of the other cops were like they had the same mindset, but but you know the 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 FBI and some of the the, the sergeants were like no no we have to take this guy we got to get this guy and 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 you know hold him accountable. Mm-hmm. So they found out that his mom had put him up in an apartment, and uh, on the other on the upper side of Sacramento. Mm-hmm. And so they were like wait that that uh, 
that's a little bit, it's only a mile away from the crime scene. So they're like, maybe he went on foot. So they got his apartment number. They surrounded the apartment and it was unit 15. And they knocked on the door. They broke the door down and they saw like obvious, you know, you know, weird things in the house, some blood marks, uh, things of that nature. And, uh, uh, but they didn't see him or the kid. And then they, then they heard some like noises as they were in the, the apartment. Mm-hmm. So as they came back out, uh, he, one of the detectives asked the uh, manager, hey, who's in the apartment 16? Who lives over there? Because they didn't come out when we were evacuating the apartment. And because uh, it looked vacant, you know, there's no blinds on the windows or anything else like that. And um, he's the manager's like, yeah, there's. There, there shouldn't be anybody in there. That's a that's an empty apartment. We're renovating it for a new tenant. And then uh, they're like, "Oh, okay." So then uh, the detective's smart. He's like, "All right, guys," uh, and I'm real loud, like trying to let Richard hear. I guess that's it. There's nobody here. I guess we're gonna go back to the station. <laughs> <laughs> they probably did. <laughs> yeah, they were like, "I guess he got away." Yeah, Johnson, he sure did. He's a smart one. <laughs> and then he comes out. They're gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically, that's what happened. They they took off, but they took positions like in the hedges around the apartment on the other side. And they had someone watching from like a couple blocks away with binoculars. Mm-hmm. And, and basically, he waited only about 25, 30 minutes. And then he's like, oh, dude, I totally gave him the slip. And he get, <laughs> he comes out of the apartment and right away, hey, put your hands up. He's like, oh, damn it. And he starts to run. <laughs> And then there's a guy, uh, one of the detectives tackles him and Good. two other uh, uh, co- uh, cops and detectives jump on him. Then the one that had the trigger happy, you know, feeling of wanting to kill the guy puts a gun to his head. He's all stop resisting. I swear to God, I'll blow your brains out. And, and then the guy, uh, what is it? Richard looks at him and says, do it, dude, do it. I'm not scared of you, punk. And he's still got the, he like Richard still got the 22 in his pocket. Like they hadn't wrestled it away from him yet. So he, the cop decided in a split second not to pull the trigger because he felt like he would become just like Richard if he pulled the trigger. And so he decided, you know, as much as his colleagues would just probably lie for him and say it was justified, he, he just <laughs> he took the pistol and he just beat him over the head with it till he. I was about to say he pistol whipped the head out of him. Huh? <laughs> he sure did. <laughs> he pistol whipped him into submission. And they arrested him right then and there. Um, they went into that empty apartment. Don't tell me. And they were trying to find the kid, but he was okay. not there. Uh, but they did find uh, several smoothies already had been prepared with uh, what they thought was a mixture of human blood and animal blood. <sighs> because he had had a couple containers that I guess he filled up at the two crime scenes. Uh, yeah. Um, Chase at this point was bloodied all over. He was malnutritioned, wasn't really eating too much solid foods for a guy that was nearly 30. Uh, he looked kind of bad. Um, but there was no trace of David Fieri at the little 22 month old right there. The FBI and the police were frantic when they took him downtown they were like tell us where the where the boy is you have to tell us and he would not admit to it he would be like 
He's like, dude, I killed this dog. I killed that dog. And, you know, there was that cat down on, on, uh, you know, the street with that big old tree. But he would not admit to the murders or the um, the kid being mm-hmm. kidnapped. And he would. They, the more and more they talked to him, he would he would go off on tangents and be like, "Dude, listen, listen, just follow me here, okay?" So there's these Nazis, right? <laughs> They're alien Nazis. And they fly around in UFOs and they attack the ones like me and they shoot this gamma ray at you and your blood like pours out of your body and you slowly die. So you have to eat the blood of animals to like get your organs to stay right. You know what I mean, man? So for he was forever stoned. Either that or he was just out of his mind, but they were they were thinking it was a mixture of both. Like like he did have mental issues. Hmm. And uh, he was very much schizophrenic. And I'm not lying to you when I say Nazis and UFOs, because that's exactly what he was talking about. The heck? And, and the blood seeping out of his pores and trying to contain it in his body, that's from his mouth, not mine. So I may be joking about it a little bit, but that's that's literally what he was telling the detectives when all they care about is that little boy. He was filling their, their uh, tape recorders with that kind of stuff the heck yeah and he was even they found the syringes where he was still injecting himself with blood and it was freaking out the detectives they were like just this guy is crazy so they tried one more time and they probably got a little physical with him and that's when he lawyered up and they couldn't do anything and you know at this point you know they tried everything They, they tried jailhouse informants when he was locked up to try to get him to talk and nothing so two months later um, at a church just a half mile away from uh, Chase's house Mm -hmm. uh, there's a storage area in between two of the buildings that was rarely used you said Chase? yeah yeah, Richard Chase's house oh okay the the vampire sorry Um, it was a little area was in between two buildings on the church uh, property and uh, one of the parishioners was going over there to try to clean up, you know, in you know the the trash and clean up that little little area of storage. And he came upon a box that had a unique smell. Oh! And he opened the box, and uh, unfortunately, it was the badly decomposed body of a uh, 22-month-old David Fiera. Um, he had been Man. he had been decapitated. What? Yeah. Um, oh man. Later on, um, he would. What the heck, man? Yeah, Richard killed the twenty-two-month-old baby, and he drank the blood from the neck of the baby. Oh. So that was the blood that they found on him when the uh, police went to uh, arrest him. That's that. Hey, man, that's heartbreaking. It is. So, um, before he went to trial, it was a big news story. He was all over the news. Um, they were showing him all actually cleaned up. His lawyers tried to clean him up, gave him a bit of a haircut. For what? (laughs) To try to get some uh, leniency because they were they were claiming he was insane. Nah. And that no sane person would do the things that he did, and they were trying to get him locked up in a uh, insane asylum. 
Sorry. Yep. Mm-mm. But the prosecution was pushing the death penalty. They wanted the death penalty. And they were not going to take no plea deals. They wanted the death penalty. Um, <clears throat> so everyone thought he was going to plead innocent uh, because of the, his stance on things. But he admitted to right off the bat drinking the blood of his victims. And he also admitted to cutting off David's head and drinking the blood straight from the body, which literally at the time the police did not know. They theorized, but he pretty much said, yeah, I drank the blood fresh, freshly flowing from his neck and from his head. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, he said that he would get erections when he would be touching organs or uh, either on animals or on humans and moving them around. He just got off on it. Mm-mm-mm. Yep. And here's the thing, though. There was no Johnsons in the police, but the Johnsons in that apartment neighborhood after the fact said, oh, yeah, we saw Richard walking around sometimes. That that guy was odd. We all stayed away from him. He tended to have like a red fluid on him or, or look like he had blood on him, but we never said nothing. Oh, what the heck? Yeah. What the what hell, the bro? Heck? What the hell? What the heck? Nobody spoke up, bro. Like like his his apartment and the one next to it was like literally blood stains everywhere. So the guy was bathing in blood. I mean, come on, man. My thing is this. We all got those people, even at work. They're weird. You're, I wouldn't say weird, but they, you know, they're different. And you you want to, you know, shy away from them. But if you see something like that, come on now. You got to say something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because you got them one neighbors that, you know, they, they always staring at you and stuff like that. You know, you know, talking to themselves and stuff. You try to stay away from them. I get it. Yep. But like I said, you see what looks like blood or fluid, blood fluid on this person, and you see he's already crazy. I would have at least called the police and be like, hey, man, my neighbor, you know, he's kind of weird. He's got some, looks like it looks like blood on him. I would make it up. Even if you think it's not blood, just make it up. Oh, yeah. Just so that they can investigate, right? Exactly. Because who knows? I mean, what's the worst that's going to happen? They're just going to find out you have a weirdo there, or maybe you you get him incarcerated, get him the help that he needs at a psychiatric ward. Exactly. If if he's not murdering anybody. And in best case scenario, you're a hero. You mean you prevent something, you know? But uh, no, no nosy neighbors here, man, unfortunately. Not at least nosy enough to freaking make a phone call. Um, We're staring when you need her. Exactly. We needed some Karens up in that mug. Oh, Lord. But here we go. Here's here's another frustrating thing. So Richard Chase was found guilty of six counts of first-degree murder and sentenced to death. Good. The problem is this isn't Texas. Um, this is California, one of the most liberal states, you know, not to get political, but just to say, you know, they do. They, they, they don't really believe in the death penalty and the death penalty in California's history since probably about the seventies, eighties and nineties has gone on the table and off the table. That's why all those famous serial killers in California have lived a long life and have mostly died due to natural causes such as Richard Ramirez. Uh, what is his name? The, uh, the cult leader, um, um, uh, Manson, um, mm-hmm. You know, you uh, what is it called? The uh, the other ones, um, the one case we haven't co- covered, the Hillside Stranglers. Um, those, you know, and, and the Golden State Killer, they're they're all because of the 
and even when the death penalty was on the table and it was still, you know, people were getting executed, it wasn't at the rate of these other states. And you have so many, the appeals process is so long, it can go 25, 30 years before. And so if you've already committed murder, you've been arrested at 50, likely you ain't thinking to execute you. You're going to die. So um, he was transferred to San Quentin, which is one of the most roughest, oldest prisons in all of America. One of the most famous ones was had, you know, next to freaking Alcatraz. And um, he was on death row. He was uh, granted a series of interviews by Robert K. Ressler, uh, during which he spoke of the fears of Nazis and UFOs working together. Oh, Lord. Yeah. And uh, so and the blood that kept himself alive, he had to kill. Oh, Lord. And uh, he also uh, said that um, he wanted the writer to if he wrote the book to give him a radar gun so that he could keep track of the nat- the Nazi UFOs oh. and, and uh, he also when he would um, this part's kind of funny but because I could picture the part from Napoleon Dynamite because remember, remember Napoleon Dynamite when he goes hey are you going to eat those tater tots no and then, <laughs> and then Pedro's like no he goes can I have them and he like says yes and yes. he gives it to him and then he puts the tater tots in his pocket well <laughs> I don't know if that's where they got it from but like <laughs> one of the conditions for him to write the autobiography or at least get information from Richard was he had to bring him a large amount of macaroni and cheese and so whatever he didn't eat he was taking the mac and cheese and stuffing it in his pockets wow <laughs> wow <laughs> <laughs> he really did have something wrong with him. He sure did. He sure did. But um, here's a here's something where again, where I believe that um, he was smarter than what they gave him credit for, because obviously he knew his time was up. Obviously he knew that he wasn't going anywhere anytime soon. Someone was either going to kill him or they were going to kill him in prison, and uh, he decided to be in control of things. No. And, uh, on December 26, 1980, he was found dead in his prison cell. You son of a... Wow. He only was in jail a little over a year after the trial. He offed himself. He offed himself because the medications that they were giving him, they weren't following protocol, making sure he swallowed every time they gave it to him. And he would just keep the pills, keep the pills, keep the pills until he got about a good handful of them took them all at once and he overdosed Mm-mm-mm. and that's how he went out dude you punk son of a oh my goodness yep and that's the story of Richard Chase man it ended right there <sighs> you know what I don't condone you know violence or anything like that you know but on this case he should have got more than a lethal injection. He should have got the chair, man. Oh, I agree. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You kill a kid. You kill a pregnant woman. You touch a woman. You do all those things. Then you eat their dead body. You have sex with their dead body. And then on top of it off, you've already killed the person. You know, what's the worst you can do? You decide to put poop in their mouth? Like, come on, dude. The lack of respect of life come on and I get it he may have had mental problems 
some of it he may have caused it on himself with all the drugs he did. But yeah, man, that dude was scum of the earth. Absolutely. <clears throat> and um he when you take prescription medicine like that, he probably just, you know, his heart stopped in his sleep, dude. You know, he probably Exactly. He probably just went drowsy. Yep. Didn't even know. Yep. That was it, man. So, I mean, a sane person wouldn't wouldn't do that. Or, or not, exactly. a sane, not a sane person. Uh, an insane person wouldn't do that. Yeah. It took him time to get as many pills as he did to do what he did. So, yeah, he he was there. Yeah. He said, okay, I'm I'm going to control this. I'm in control. I, I'm going to die anyway, so let me be the one to take myself out. I'm not going to allow you guys to do it. So he knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. So, so punk. I'm sorry. I'm still over that 22-month-old. Yeah, I mean, look, again, we've we've covered, I covered the Thor one, you know, from Solvane. Oh, yeah, Solvane. That's serial killer. I mean, there's so many serial killers in California, but this is one that gets overlooked because there's, there's. I mean, this guy, if he was in any other state, would probably be top three. Or, oh, yeah. Or maybe even number one when you when you go through serial killers but uh he's probably around 10 or 11 in california because of in his case is not well known you know like you really have to look for this one well i'm glad you looked for this one man not glad that you know what happened but this was a interesting case to shed light to yeah this one was uh i'm telling you this one was brutal dude and um the one i have that's next is it you would think this one would have more attention to it or or more of a but it's only local like literally in that city other than that i mean people if you would ask if you know if when this happened or do you know of it i guarantee you 95 percent of people would not know a damn thing about it Mm. so that's another interesting case that we're gonna dive into the next one either before Gabby's or after Gabby's it's however she's feeling at the time yeah so Richard Chase <sighs> dang it Todd why you do that to me man I'm sorry man I mean uh, when, I describe suck, these, man. <laughs> when I describe these sometimes I give too much of a visual aid you know so. I do I visualized it man especially 22 month old bro I, I saw that man I saw it I saw it it's nasty it's just best not to to in my mind to look up some of the pictures of the people especially the, I'm not the kids because I ain't gonna lie dude that 22 year old or 22 year old 22 month old I I did see the picture when I was researching it because they, they had to put up flyers for him when he was missing uh-huh. cute freaking kid and he looks a lot like my youngest nephew Mason so it's like, oh. so it's like dude, that one kind of hit me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I see Mason all the time because he's my neighbor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got me with this one, Todd. I ain't gonna lie, man. You yeah. got me with this one, bro. And I'm sure you got a lot of other audience too. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm sure if Gabby, when she hears this, she's gonna have some things to say about it too. So. Oh heck yeah! I, I can hear the off with the wings and everything. I mean, I know he didn't really didn't use his wing that much because he couldn't use it, mm-hmm. but I'm sure she would have definitely been off with the wings on this one. 
off with everything. The she limb. Probably, she probably would have been like, "Oh, you like eating stuff and organs? How about eat your own wang and your own testicles?" You know, like she, oh yeah, she would have did something. She would have fried it up in front of him or something. I don't know. Oh yeah, I ain't gonna lie. Limp finger, fingernails, pull them back. Yeah, bro. I, I'm sorry. I don't want to uh, condone. You know, I'm not condoning torturing or anything like that. But Jesus. Well, yeah. She definitely wouldn't have condoned it. She would have <laughs> served it up with some fava beans and ca- candy. <laughs> you know. Uh, good thing there was no Johnsons on this one, and they got a. Uh, they found him quick. Yeah. Before he harmed other people as well. Yeah. But he he did uh, quite the damage. I mean, outside, I mean, like literally within a month or so. It was about a month almost. But those those uh, five killings in just four days, you know, it's a lot. It's a lot of carnage right there. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, thank you, Todd Fox, for breaking down another story for us there. Mm-hmm. And we appreciate that. And thank you guys for listening in to another episode of the Granny True Crime Podcast. If you like what you hear, you can always leave a like, leave a comment, or subscribe to our page. All you got to do is go to our Facebook page, Instagram page, and YouTube page and type in Grinding True Crime. And there you can find some of our content from the past and present. And also, if you want to listen to us on your podcast stream, you can continue to listen to us on Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, Anchor, Podbuy and iTunes and for those listening to us outside the US you can continue to listen to us on Radio Public Breaker, Pocket Cast and Podchaser correct (laughs) I was doing a little intelligent voice over (laughs) 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 no but uh, in seriousness though thank you guys for listening to another episode um this has been your host, Maddie Matt, along with Todd Fox. And we hope Gabby Gab a speedy recovery once again so um, so that she can join us hopefully soon. Yes, we, we wish her all the best. She's got to get back as soon as possible. Get well. Or else someone's going to come after you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, y'all. Peace. Oh, wait, is that my line? No, I say peace. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm saying is it my turn? Oh yeah, it's your. Of course, it's your. Who else? <laughs> I'm waiting wait, for wait, Gabby. Wait, I, got, I got to do the Gabby Gap. Toodles. Toodles. Dude, y'all should come back. Oh, now, you hear? <laughs>